All right, everybody. Hello, and welcome back to the Forever DMs. Uh, I am your current DM, the uh, man, the myth, the I can't come up with a third noun. Quick, uh, Mad Libs it, uh, Evan. Uh, man is man is the man is himself. Fire hydrant himself. The man is hydrant himself. Cameron, oh. nice uh, nice here save. to Aww. spray you full of mayonnaise. I fucking oh. hate mayo too. Don't. Oh god, <laughs> I hate that sense. I hate it. I hate I hate the sentence. I'm here to spray you full of mayo. <laughs> that's well, the worst. That Why? This guy right. our e tag for the night. Somebody um, got fired for having that like just yeah. volume just present. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I may have canceled the podcast again. Damn it. All right. <laughs> we need to get what like a, a cancellation jar. So like every time someone gets oh. canceled, we just put a dollar in it. And then we'll buy yeah, pizza at the end of the week. There you go. It's a cancel. Nice. <laughs> at the end of the week, so every episode we're gonna get a pizza's worth of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you might actually be underestimating it now that I think about yeah. it. But I mean, it's gotta be at least sure. two large pies, so probably. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So cutting out the bullshit, uh, this is Eli, starting out hey. with an actual cookie the size of my face uh, and feeling bread embodied. It's, it's, it's satisfying. You bread cookie embodied. You're eating Fred right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm 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 officially eating Fred. Uh, I'm not going to say the other things that I'm thinking about. So we're going to leave it there. Okay. Yeah. I didn't follow it, so I yeah. I, don't, I, I don't even Let's have an imagination of what you could have said. Well, you know, I'm a DM, so our, our imaginations are limitless. You know what I mean? So um, I wish. No, yeah. actually, I don't. Oh, you don't. Oh, I got okay. I got a cap on mine. Oh, you have a cap. Yeah, he installed that limiter. No, you know how like internet providers will throttle your internet? That's what my Ew. brain does with creativity. Oh, I just got like I have a friend who no. Uh keeping myself riding a razor thin wire. I'm Evan. Hi. Oh, I missed this off mic bit. No. Yeah. No, I you were you too. were there. No, I I, I literally told you guys. Oh, yeah. oh I didn't see the yeah. connection. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. oh, great. Gotcha. You know what we'll do? We should have a Patreon goal where every episode we reveal the backstory <laughs> to your introductions. So, like, you get to Honestly, a certain tier and you understand the inside joke. The most underwhelming reward it could possibly yeah. be. I don't know. People might be asking themselves, what the hell happened? Now uh, it can be yours for $25 a month. <laughs> Patreon. Get on our Patreon. Really? Right $25 now. a month to hear four shitty jokes from me. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Worth damn and uh i had i had an intro and it's immediately gone so uh i'm tom wow it's it was there and it's gone we're just fired tonight that's the thing it came back but now it's just not going to be funny so oh well you're in a red room i could see that it's the weird lighting and just pretend i'm on mars i am the martian um i'm the martian i am growing potatoes in my own feces it's fine okay not the worst place to grow them. Yeah, you know, it could be someone else's. All the nitrates and stuff. It's fine. Mm. All right. Well, nitrates aside, let's nitro ourselves into this yeah. Zoom I mean, with a it. recap. You allow? What the fuck? You're not DM. No, honestly, I'm just gonna sign off. Like that was just the Guys. best dad joke. <laughs> Guys, can you stay with me here? Stay with me. Mm, Don't. Right, I'm giving you like 30 seconds to turn it around. I'm not the one that's doing the recap this time. I broke the tradition <laughs> last week, and now we're, now we're going back into it. You All guys right, get your 15 minutes of fame right now. Who's going to go? Don't jump out of your seats at once, I'll everybody. I'll give it a shot. All right. So, all right. Um, all right. So after kicking ass in the tournament, uh, we met up at the tree uh, in the park, um, wherein 
we then realized that we had a very short amount of time to do things. And so we did what every D&D party is not supposed to do and split the party. Um, so Alistair went and talked with Nua, the founder, uh, who now wants me to go off her brother. Also found out that she's probably, possibly, maybe in league with the Crag. It's cool. Um, Fred went and harassed a time mage until his brain exploded. Um, and then because <laughs> of time magic, unexploded said brain, so it's fine. Uh, no net loss there. We're good. Net neutral. And, uh, let's see. Then um, <laughs> had to bribe a cop. It's true. I had to spend a uh, hundred piercer bucks on uh, bribing that cop. <laughs> and uh, then Ash went to go save Valgorg from the riot police. Uh, and the two of them just kind of ran laps around the city until the heat died down. Um, it's a true Grand Theft Auto chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the Gold Dragon Earhart, or I know it's not his name, but that's what I'm going to keep calling him. Um, sure. Wants us to also take Nua out of the equation. So that's also cool. And uh, we got a bitch and ship. So. You do got a bitch and ship right and, now. And uh, first name I named did. First Mate. He just told you to call him that. He does have an actual name. Yep. Um. I think that covers a large chunk of what. I think you got. I think you got basically everything we uh, we needed to get done. So, well done, Tom. Thank you so much for the uh, recap. We're gonna get started. You guys have just set sail uh, off of dock. The sunset right in front of you as you sail off into it, uh, and that scene—that's the end right there. No, I'm kidding. Um, as you guys, as you guys are on the ship, uh, first off. Um, I'm assuming everybody harnesses themselves into the center mass, just like previously, um, unless you guys are going into any rooms or anything like that. Alistair, you were told that you did have a special gift waiting for you in the captain's yes. quarters. Um, before we do any of that, um, uh -huh. I am going to use one of the other uh, aspects of my uh, my spirit whispers ability. Ooh, and one spirit after whispers. so one after the other, um, Ash and then Fred you feel as if there's a very, very sudden cold patch right next to your ear. And you hear whispered right into your just, Hello, my name is Brunhild. Uh, I have a message from Alistair. Uh, we are being observed by Nua. So anything we say is most likely being listened to. So this is probably the safest way. If you understand, give yourself two scratches underneath your eye. Looking forward to meeting you on the battlefield one day. Um, the oh, yeah, okay. use the message cantrip, but as a very cool uh, as a kind of stipulation of that spell, it's not my voice. It's uh, the actual spirits that surround and haunt me, delivering the messages for me. That is truly haunting. Uh, so yeah, you guys all hear this ghost speak to you uh, and tell you this information. Uh, I assume everyone scratches their chin. You guys are all good to go. Um, and you guys are now aware that you are probably being watched. Um, what are you guys going to do now? I mean, I well, go check out my present, but I'll let other people go first. Check out your present. I think yeah. Ash, anyone else. I think yeah. Ash is truly just after after the chase. He's just sitting down, like check, taking stock of his equipment, making sure every like re upping on arrows and everything, uh, making sure he's fitted out. Not really doing much at this point. Great. Well, and then um, Fred is, I don't know if we remember from last time, he's currently hanging off the side of the ship attached to the mast, just being the dog out the window, just like feeling oh, good. Oh, I see. 
Okay, you're yeah. just like, <gasps> like leaning no, 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 over no. the fully edge. Off. Fully you're off. fully off the ship. Yes, oh but God. trusting the, the harness. Fred, get back oh, on the Oh, you're ship. on the harness. Okay. Yeah. No, Fred, yeah. Ooh, I thought you were just like Spider-Manning it. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. The harness is keeping you there. It's, yeah. you know, you're kind of like just holding on as like the wind pressure is like smacking you. Um, <laughs> Fred, you, you have like... Get your ass back on the ship. <laughs> Fred, go ahead. Fred. Uh, give me an athletics check <laughs> to get back on the ship. You just climb uh-huh. up the harness. Um, 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 that's a seven. A seven? Uh, you kind of smack a few times against the side of the ship. Uh, you're gonna take five bludgeoning damage as you climb back up, but just bruised off of, like, the side of the ship being just pummeled by the air and, like, the way that the wind was moving you. Um, I'm not... Okay, Fred, first first rule of the ship is just... No needlessly hanging off the edge of it. We don't want to invite trouble, do we? But I wanted to be a flying turtle, man. Right, yeah, no, that's all fine. Like, we'll find that power-up for you eventually, but, like, for the time being, I'm gonna need you to both hands on the railing, and you can stick your long reptilian neck out as far as you'd like, but feet firmly planted on the deck. It's abnormally stretched at this point, and you just see Fred just like, yeah. Off the side of the ship. Right, but, but, but yeah, standing up. Profoundly disturbing, but you know, better than just falling. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, uh, you make it back on the ship. Yep. And we'll go over. Alice, are you finally, after making sure Fred is not dying, uh, enter the captain's quarters? You enter this captain's quarters, and immediately you are. Well, I don't want to tell you how you feel, I'm going to tell you what you see. Okay. And you can tell us how Alistair feels about this. Okay. But you see that the construction of this captain's quarters is to your aesthetic perfectly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you see, you see, it's like a dark, like lavenderish, like light blue kind of spread of coloring. Um, the floors are slightly creepy in the way that they're like creaky, but in a nice like homey setting where it's like, mm. oh, this is a lived-in type of situation. Right. Like this is. This is an older setting. You see, like, the back of the uh, cabin has um, a window that, as you open the door, immediately flies open uh, without anyone actually opening it. And a breeze flows in, throwing up these purple drapes that just wave in the wind. And then it shuts itself. uh, And everything goes quiet once again. There is a crystal ball on your desk that you're not sure is functional or not, but is foggy on the inside on top of a nice cushion. The bedding itself is like just super comfortable. Tons of pillows, tons of blankets. Uh, They're all quilts. Uh, (laughs) And you see that there's a bunch of newspapers stacked on the desk, but it's only the obituary sections. What? (laughs) Uh, And then finally on the desk, (laughs) next to the obituaries uh, and the crystal ball, you see in a glass case uh, your present. You see a carbon copy, like same type of scimitar, beautiful crescent moon shape with a nice sparkling to it. Um, In this case, with a bow, like a ribbon wrapped around it and a note on top. Uh, And the note reads, give me one second. It says, can't wait for our next chat, XOXO. Oh, that's lovely. Um, Yeah, no, this is all quite posh, isn't it? I'm not used to this much of decadence, but this is uh, quite lovely. I, uh, it's going to take a minute to get used to this, but I think I probably could. It's 
damn it, I deserve <laughs> nice things once in a while. Um, is there any way that the sword that I was originally given that I can mm-hmm. do some kind of check or something on to discuss? Because it was also magical in some capacity? Yes, that is magical. Go ahead and give me, I'll say like an arcana check. Okay. Oh, shit. Nat 20 out the bat. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. That's a total of 24. Alistair, you look at this sword, and its enchantment is very similar to what she described to you, right? Mm -hmm. It is a very strong banishment spell that is attached to the sword. The caveat is instead of the person being hit with the sword being banished, it is the user of the sword being banished. Of course. Uh, Had you have taken this sword and swung it at Nua, we would be down one adventurer for the rest of this arc. You would be back on Yggdrasil. Well then. (laughs) <laughs> okay good thing i didn't um no you should have uh, but i'm gonna say also with that nat 20 i'm gonna give you some information of the other sword as you kind of compare and contrast and this is kind of how you're going about it the spirits around you are um kind of like quiet they're giving you like space in here to allow you to focus in um and as you like you know open the case up and you actually glance at this uh, real new sword, you you do feel the banishment power of it. However, mm-hmm. there's another caveat with this one. The enchantment is so strong, as it needs to be, in order to banish such a powerful creature, that the wielder, when swung with this sword, uh, takes an extreme amount of um, damage. It's, this hurts you to use. Gotcha. Uh, there is a huge backlash in power. Like, it would um, absorb your own life force, almost. Cool. These technically kind of scimitars, right? They are scimitars, yes. Okay, I'm just updating my inventory. So I have... So you have to be a masochist to use those things? Or, or it, you're in a lot of danger. desperate, right. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. really lucky you gave these to Tom. If you had given these to me, they'd be over the side of the ship immediately. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Like, Fuck it. No. That's fine. <laughs> Um, it could have gone to anybody, just to be clear, okay? Yeah. It could have gone to anybody. It's true. So actually, yeah. all because the Tom won the, the, the Jedi <laughs> duel. Not just that, but <laughs> no one else went with uh, Alistair up to meet Nua, so who knows? Okay. So actually banishes, but also severely wounds the wielder. Got it. Yes. Okay. So I labeled them as Crescent Sword of Banishment and Cursed Crescent Blade of Banishment. Um, gotcha. Say that three times fast. I dare you. First Crescent Blade of Banishment. Curse best. No, 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 no. Damn it. Got him. Damn it. Oh All right. God. Um, it's too long. It is too long, which is why it's going to one. live in my inventory and just kind of live there. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's the D&D way. Yeah. Oh, I forgot I had these six arcs later. Yeah. Though. Wait. Oh, shit. I had a trick lobe. It's not even me as DM, so I have to tell yeah. you guys the mechanics then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll be like... Uh, it'll be like Eli's DMing. Cam and my PCs are both dead. And Tom's going to be like, wait a minute. And just use the banishing sword to just bamp out of there. Just yes, quest the... abandoned. <laughs> All right, and I'll be ta. like, what? <laughs> just gone. The doll. <laughs> so, uh, as you manage to do all this, I'm going to say, uh, we're going to do a little bit of kind of like a time skip here. As you guys have some sailing for your few days. Um, so everybody hit that long rest button. Right. Uh, 
if there's anything you want to discuss in the downtime in these next few days or something that you'd like to be focusing on doing during these days, you can let me know. Uh, you also have the option of working around the ship, which could give you guys some um, benefits. There is one hmm. aspect that I definitely wanted to um, keep an eye out for um, on mm-hmm. the ship. And if I, because uh, I'm going to shoot a text over to Earhart. Um, sure. <laughs> just like, um, am I being watched here? Uh, he responds. Uh, it's not quite as fast as previously. Right. Um, but he eventually responds. He says, I would assume wherever you go, you're being watched. Okay. So there is one thing that I would like to at least try to keep an eye out for um, would be uh, any kind of those signs or glimmers of like those like kind of arcane eyes, like just any form of like the monitoring devices. um, Okay. And try to um, put those out. Just try to make things as difficult for her to watch us as possible. Gotcha. All right. So you're going to be doing this over several days. Right, yeah. like just doing a full inspection of the ship, top down yeah. type of situation. You could definitely pass it off as the captain just right. taking, taking stock. Uh, yeah, taking stock. Absolutely. Um, so we'll say this is over three days. We'll give uh, three perception checks or investigation checks. Uh, you can choose. Uh, it's a plus one difference, so I'll go with perception. Cool. Another twenty. Holy shit! Whoa. Another nat twenty. You. <laughs> Okay. All right. This is un- unbelievable. Like, Holy shit. Uh, we're going strong tonight. Okay. I'm wasting them now. <laughs> it's fine. I don't think they're wasted. That's, this the is first, good. The first day. This is not a waste. This is not a waste. Uh, the first day, you're able to find and spot all of the different... Like, you go around and at some point, um, you're just trying to, like, just walk normally and your eyes roll in the back of your head for a second as spirits kind of tilt your head for you in directions and shows you in every angle where you could be spotted on the ship from arcane eyes so i'll say the captain's quarters monitor Mm -hmm. um you see that the actual deck like the top deck monitored the cargo is not monitored down by the cargo bay okay um but the actual like uh residential area the kitchen all that other stuff where the um crewmates tend to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. that's all being monitored uh okay. you also know that up in the crow's nest is not being monitored okay got it so all the way to the top all the way to the bottom right makes sense all right good to know um... but i will say you know the angles as well so when discussing anything with everybody here you can turn away from where you think you'd be monitored from and right. you'd be able to hide what you're saying so from now on you guys are not gonna need to worry so long as alistair is part of the conversation um about anything being listened in awesome i uh but then that's when you said that took one that day, was one right? day you have two more downtime days um Dang. to figure out what you want to do if anything yeah someone else do something um i'm plotting i still <laughs> <laughs> Eli, I would appreciate if you did something because I'm still looking. At oh, yeah, no, I, I have I have something to do. Um, <laughs> so the during during the first the first couple hours, Fred is thoroughly enjoying imagining being a flying turtle. Uh, it is the most joyful experience that he has ever had the pleasure of understanding existed. Um, and it's it's this beautiful moment between Fred, the the airless nature of things, and uh, his existence. And then um, 
Fred remembers that Fred needs to uh, discuss some things with his crewmates. So Fred is going to gather them up one by one and talk to Alistair and talk to um, Ash, right? And um, we're going to have a conversation. All right, um, but, um, um, just let's take this downstairs real quick, all the way down oh, um, to the car. Um, just, um, oh, that's, uh, yeah. That would be helpful because that's already where oh, Ash is. Um, all right. Well, hi, hi, everybody. Um, so when I was talking to like the engineer guys, remember when, when we all split? Right. Yeah. Right before yes. Todd Chicago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I wasn't sure how to like be discreet, but like also like get information. So I decided to like just start talking about my day next to this guy and his head exploded. Um, Ick. Yeah, okay. like 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 a Humpty Dumpty splat on the ground because um because the wall was like gone. Yeah. All right. Um, that's pretty horrifying. Um, are you all yeah. right? Oh no, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just down a, a little bit of money, but I still got all my cookies, so I'm okay. You know. I like how that's like <laughs> priority. Where yeah. Fred draws the lines. <laughs> I got my cookies. I'm good. Yeah. So you blew up. Someone well, it wasn't dead. me that blew it up, but like. I, because I, I was just talking about my day to this guy, I guess I kind of distracted him for like all of too many milliseconds. And then like, I guess the, 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 whatever he was concentrating on, like backfired on him. And then like his head exploded. That, that all tracks. Um, so you were the, you were the reason that the entire city shook and um, started to fall. I did notice that that happening did coincide with the city, uh, mm-hmm. shaking. It's okay. I'm not mad. I'm just asking. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. If no, I want to do I'm it, I might later want to do it. So it's it's helpful to know that that is a possibility. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's, it'll be probably really easy to make the city fall if that's the case. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they have fail-saves in the process, but um, so, alright, here's here's another thing, mates. Um, So, shiny gold boy uh, that met me in the elevator uh, wants me to off Nua, the dragon who lives up at top, uh-huh. And Nua, the big old dragon that lives up at top, wants me to off her brother, Fushi, who uh-huh. lives off in the other tower that we're headed to. Right. Uh point being, um there's definitely some sort of crag activity going on here. Cause uh the the trees are apparently gifts. They're from Yggdrasil. Um well, I don't remember giving out any gifts. Well, I mean, way before our time, figuratively speaking. I mean, in a literal sense. But doesn't, uh, you know, but wait, really there's no time on the Exactly, right. So, point being, she seems to think, or was at least told by these crag individuals, that... Are you sure it was them that told that's her? What they, that's what Nua said. Fred. Oh, okay. Let them. All right. I'm just gonna listen. Okay. That's at least what Nua said. I mean, I'm taking a lot of what she said with a grain of salt because she was pretty smashed at that point. But she was also <laughs> honestly one of the most terrifying individuals I've ever met. Um, I think she also might have a crush on me. It's a little weird, but that's um, that's very interesting. Did you uh, like try and capitalize on that? We'll we'll revisit that later. <laughs> Are you sure? Because like I feel like that's a big weakness. You know what I mean? Fred, you feel the number of uh, Joko in your pocket <laughs> that he gave you. <laughs> like, Fred. And it's like the most like velvety feeling in between his like n- pudgy fingers. And it's just... It, it's, it's, it's ran a, on velvet. Uh, of course it, it would be. Uh, no, it, it's Fred. You have to understand, she's barking up the wrong tree is what I'm trying to say. Wait, so like you're an oak tree? We'll go with that. 
All uh, right. Sure. We'll we will go with that. That's fine. Um anyway. I understand now. Yeah, because like if it's like a, a cedar tree, then it would be a problem. You know what I mean? I understood like, before, and the more you talk, the less I understand. I Can we please get through this? <laughs> all, all right, sorry. He, he, you no, go ahead. Right. Anyway, um, Right, so also she's listening to everything you say. I I, uh, I hope you inhaled to pass the message on to you. Um, uh, that sorry for the spookiness, but you know it comes with the territory. I'm um, used to voices. Right, so uh, down here in the cargo and way oh up at the top. Uh, I'm I'm compartmentalizing that one for right now. We'll revisit <laughs> that later. Uh, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll bring it up in a oh, couple fair. minutes. Yeah. Um, so way up at the crow's nest, and then right down here in the cargo, we are fine, mm. but anywhere else is being monitored so just stick close and i think i got a pretty good idea um so point being she said newer that is uh that the crag gave them these trees she's a lunar dragon the brother's a solar dragon because of course that's how the dichotomy of things work and uh that's a nice word man yeah, it'd be weird if it was you. a moon dragon and a I fire mean, dragon. She did say something to the effect that a solar dragon being that close to the surface burns it up. I mean, sorry. Then I don't know, like a moon dragon and a tree dragon. I don't, I don't know what the yeah, right? dragons I mean, are. That wouldn't really be much of an alternative. Yeah. Please, please proceed. Be, unless they were both moon dragons, then I mean, no, I'm lost, man. Point being, uh, <laughs> being that him being so close to the surface is, she says, contributing contributing to the the surface burning up the way it is so i think we should probably take a bit of a skimming pass over it and try to get an idea and on top of that uh if she was told by these crag individuals which again take that with a grain of salt that if the trees were ever split in power like between two individuals that things would get bad which i think i really think that they're kind of doing right now as it is so if they were consolidated in power, apparently that's much better for everything. But at the same time, from what the very little we know about this this outside force, I think we're um, a little bit at a loss. Well, I mean, so like, I feel like that was a little bit of trickery. Because right. like, of course they want the trees to be together, so that way there's more power involved. So like, whoever is in power is the ultimate. Exactly. And whoever's the ultimate can like do whatever they want. And presumably, if it's any one of the the three, you know, power-hungry triangle wants to kill each other, folks, then, like, you know, it's going to be bad either way. So, like, honestly, I feel like the guy that we saw get splatted at the very first, you know, combat that we ever saw, at least in this world, um, probably was the best person to talk to because he would just be an honest soul that was just trying to make a living. You know what I mean? Oh, you mean freaks? The goblin, oh, yeah. or no, the guy who threw himself off the the dock right in, when we first got here. Or do you mean the oh, no, guy not, who fell from the sky through, during the? Oh final no, not battle. the not the fall from the sky. No, no, I think it was the the little. Yeah, I think it was freaks. The goblin, the one that Joko yeah, yeah. turned into paste on the sand. That unfortunate soul. Yeah, no, yeah. he's he's chilling. He's doing good. He is he ascended actually. He uh oh, he uh, well, he did what he had weird. to do and ascended. Oh, really. Yeah, uh, no, I, I didn't protect, know that. you didn't curious. see him in that fight with Joko. Like he he protected me from that oh, last blow. Oh, that was him. Yeah, that was Freaks the Goblin. It's fine. I was too I was too blinded by like beautiful rage at the time. Which also thank all of you for your assistance in that one. That was um all pretty clutch. Um, so going back to the thing that you compartmentalized, and I said I'd bring up a few minutes later. Uh, right. it, yeah, this whole scenario very familiar. Uh. 
just power hungry fools. I'll oh, tell you. Sure. Yeah, you 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 are. I know you're wise enough. I'm also explaining it for Fred, who is very trusting, but also a lot more focused on the individual than the societal. We'll say um, nobody's right here. There is no way to do anything. Uh, it's bad all around. Frankly, there's an incredibly simple solution, which is if the if the air is too cold and the clouds are frozen and the ground is too hot and the core is boiling, you take the cold lady and the hot guy and you switch them. And now you have the hot person in the sky and the heat is hitting the clouds and making them, you know, condense into rain. Right, the but then she, the core. Right, freezing the core over so the whole planet dies. Well, you wouldn't. She doesn't have the capacity to freeze the entire core over, I assume. I mean, if, if they had if they had the power to do so, the planet would have combusted by now because the hot guy would have well, blown I mean, the They also free. have some well, real terrible timey-wimey bullshit going on. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I thought you were trying to, like, get them to smash and, like, make a kid and then, like... No, Fred, stop it. That's, what? I'll tell that was you, an actual idea. What I'll do you tell mean? you straight up from experience: incest always makes feudal fights worse. No, what? no, it, Fred, no. They're siblings. Siblings should not smash. Oh, I missed that. Um, rip. <laughs> yeah. So I'm when, gonna I'm gonna stop now. Right. So yeah. No. I mean, regardless, I think we at least owe it to what was it, Fushi, uh, to at least get his side of the story, which I'm sure is going to be pretty carbon copy from the rest of it but like we should at least take the ship a bit lower and try to get an idea of what's going on down below well, yes. yeah I, I agree with that yeah you said we were asked to deliver cargo yeah do we oh, do we want right. to check yeah. what's in I, I, said cargo you guys true. look to your like left and you see just a bunch leaning of crates against the, leaning against the crates that clearly say cargo no <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean these ones yeah yes here look. fred cracks open crate how you can just rip one uh, open. Strength. Um, with his little yeah. talon fingers. His little sure. fingers. Fred, I have a crowbar. I have a... <laughs> Who I'll needs crowbars when you have magic? <laughs> Alright, so you pop open one of the crates. Uh, and inside, you see on the top, there is a layer of just like jars of jelly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you kind of pick up a jar wait, of jelly. Wait, everyone back up a bit. Back up a bit, because I don't trust a single bitch wait. on that tower. Um, I'm gonna use Mage Hand to start like scooching jars out of the way from like a d- considerable distance on the other side of the room. You see that there is like a false uh, ground, like a false, a false platform. Yeah, a false spot. Got it. Yeah. Inside the crate, and as you kind of push and lift with the Mage Hand, underneath you guys see um, these like packs. They're they're like almost like flower packs. Um, and they are wrapped with uh, twigs and branches um, with like a little arcane, um, kind of like like a mini cantrip that tells time, uh, but it's ticking downwards. Oh, fucking um, close it is. Uh, it doesn't seem... It doesn't seem like this is going to take... This looks like it's going to take uh, weeks. Like this was made a long time ago. Um, and you know that your traveling is not going to take more than one week, but these are already primed, active, and should be set off in what you guys can tell about a month. Right. Okay. Mm. Um, so what I remember of these crates is that they're enchanted, that anything thrown out of them is they teleport back. 
Um, That's correct. Within a certain time frame. So even if we were to just throw these off the side of the ship, they would just wind up back in the crates. Which well, is, what if we threw the crates off? Think, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you guys do? I mean, this. I mean, no, let's save the jelly. Right. I mean... Issue. Noted. <laughs> noted issue. If we're being watched everywhere but the cargo hold. I assume there's nowhere in... We don't have, like, a bay door in the cargo hold. Uh, right? You don't currently. Yeah. So if we try and take the crates and carry them up onto the deck and heave them off, somebody's going to see that we had weird cargo and that we were tossing it off the ship. And right. then there's going to be right. questions and about then, like, that. Who's to say like, that uh, you're the captain. Right, I am the captain, but at the same time, like, I'm a privateer under command of uh, Queen Bitch up on top of the tower. So, oh, uh, she's a hoe? Joke's on right. you. I'm a personal spy, and I'm going to tell you well, that. fuck me, then. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, either way, we, we either do it or we don't. But if we do do it, I mean, yeah. there's... I did say doo-doo, didn't I? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we actually uh-huh. do it, then won't they actually... There's a chance that they might send someone to rectify the problem, so to speak. And, I mean, frankly, well, that's not something I really want to deal with. But, like, this is your ship, though, you know? So, like, no, sometimes ripping the band-aid off is, like, worth it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, blessing a hole in the hole is okay sometimes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That, no. That, we all die, Fred. That's well, how no, we all we, die. We wouldn't, we wouldn't die. We would do, like, a controlled, like, explosion, you know? Of, like, like just some hammers and, uh, like, saws. I, mean, I can tell you stories about controlled explosions that blew up most of a castle. Um... <laughs> Oh, I, I didn't mean like that. Mm. That's that's too much, man. Right, because it was a quote-unquote controlled explosion. Well, well, no, this one. There's no explosive involved. It's just us and a couple hammers. You know what oh, I mean? So you were dang. You've been dangling off the side of the boat, right? Oh yeah. We right. open any hole in the hull. Everything in here is now experiencing the same amount of wind and like pressure that you were experiencing when you were hanging off. But nothing in here is well, tethered yeah, now. That's the point. It would all go out the hole. Yes, and well, so would we. Know, we gotta figure that out. It's just a puzzle. So I'd rather not cause any sort of grievous harm to the ship if it's all the same. Um, okay, you got it, Captain. Because what would be nice would be to take this back, because, I mean, frankly, this is the most comfortable I've ever been. Um, it, I, I should take you on a tour sometime. You can come check out my quarters. Yeah, no, I, I'd, um, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. After that statement, I'm not sure. I mean, the, the, the obituaries are a bit much, but it's fine. Uh... <laughs> Well, that explains Either way, um, I'm not sure if it was meant to be as a housewarming gift or if it was a warning. Either way, um, we should um, at least make things known. Because, I mean, we, we, these things have time on them, so to speak, both literally and figuratively. Uh, mm. That before they do what they're supposed to inevitably do, which is blow up. So we ignore the problem for now, but keep it right there on the back of our brain. We can then go on, do what we got to do. Uh, get Fushi side of the story, and if we need to make a return trip and just set some deliveries at the base of the other tower as well, Alistair shrugs kind of suggestively. As this happens, Fred's looking around and like taking into consideration how many of these crates could possibly have that many more explosives. Like, what what kind of inventory of just raw explosive power exists in the hull of the ship? Uh. You look at this like section, and it seems like the like the crates that have this like this area here has about four or five different crates. So we'll say five crates um, that you assume are the ones that are filled with these bombs. 
Okay, and then is it one bomb per crate, and what kind of dynamite? They are like they're like handheld. They are like pouches of flour. Uh, so there's about like twenty per crate. Twenty what sticks of dynamite's worth of ridiculous raw explosive combative power? Sure, you can underestimate and call it dynamite. No. Oh no! <laughs> oh, oh! I mean, I we like need that. that we need that hourglass nerd. He's better at this kind of stuff. Um, oh, we said twenty crates, right? Hourglass nerd. <laughs> you know, the fellow really sharply dressed, shaped like an hourglass, really good at gun stuff. Truly, no concept of who you're Didn't talking you go about. You go on an adventure with him last time. What is it? Um, Corporal something or other. Corporal Spoon, is it? <laughs> the blank stare Evan is giving <laughs> is so loud our listeners can hear it. <laughs> Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> Ash, I feel like you're smarter than the rest of us. Um, Thank I you. mean, I'm just call him like I see it. Uh, you you got any hunches about what's going on with these uh, slowdy bags? That uh, seems pretty cut and clear to me. They're powerfully explosive. Uh, no idea what level of explosive is, you know, in there. How much damage they would do. But considering the reason we were given them, I would assume enough to level I mean, yeah, a tower. That's yeah. true. If you wanted them planted at the base, so that makes perfect sense. But I, I mean, could tinker thing. around with them, cut them open, try and figure out what's inside. Realistically, that's a risk we don't need to take. We have the information. Well, do we, we have a time and space engineers on our ship? Oh, you guys do? I mean, worst case, they throw Ooh. up a tiny space bubble or something like that. So if something does go wrong, at least it's contained. I mean, talking practically, the timer on these things is for around a month from now. We should be I mean, done I within a month. So. Fred has a really concerned stare at, at the at those words. Uh, I'll say at this point, you kind of set back down the bomb that you had picked up to inspect, and when you set it back down, you see that the timer pauses again. Oh, mm. he's a delayed blast. All right. Oh, because the crate. I get it. Because the crate reverses the time on things so it can't go down if it's actually being completely reversed each second so it's keeping them in stasis so if the enchantment mm. were broken on the crate or removed from crate and Alistair just like again mage hands one up like can, like up and out tick, down into the crate tick, tick up and then stops and yeah just, tick, just stops, keeps mage handing it's like stops out of crate in a crate out of crate so so the timer then is not a month it's a month after being Long removed from the crate. of removal from crate. Right, exactly. But they teleport right. back to the Within crate. a certain time frame. It was a distance. A certain, oh, distance. So it had to remain... So the crates would have to be unloaded, and then the people there would have to take them out and do... This seems, like a, this seems like a very convoluted way Unless to blow something up. we're delivering artillery to um, the, uh, the rebels... The, the unionizers. Well, it um, wouldn't make sense for this to be artillery if it teleports back to the crate. You'd fire it, and then it would just unless mid-air. it was in close enough range. Mm. Close range also, artillery is not. I will say, um, you guys, you guys can uh, probably recognize that eventually, it's like there are people that can take away this enchantment, um, as this is a oh. commonplace way of storing and transferring goods in this world. Um, so it's not like these bombs are permanently going to be mm. like tethered to this crate. Right, right. Okay. Because that's just a really shit way of delivering things, really. Oh, actually, yes. I'm, see- I'm seeing now that like this crate here has, it. it's just liquid water in here. 
right? And it, I can see it's not move. Even if I shake the crate, it doesn't move as long as it's in the crate. If we take it out, now it moves. Keeping things in stasis is standard. This mu- there must be like a reversible way to do it. There mu- like they wouldn't just keep stasis forever. Or maybe there's a standard procedure for unpacking or something. something. I'm sure. I, I mean, they got time and space engineers for that. Who knows? Thing. There's bombs on our ship. Right. I feel like we should be more freaked out about that. <laughs> I, I feel like you sh- you have a good point there, Ash. Yeah. Um, I mean, so long as they're in the crate and they're not counting, then I'm not concerned. I, I'm just curious, you know, like, can 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 these things, like, just blow up a dragon? I mean... They can blow well, up a yeah, tower. Yeah, they can definitely blow up a dragon, then. I mean, theoretically. I mean, it depends on the dragon, I suppose. Depends on the rules of the world we're living in, I suppose, and whatever higher power created them. Whether right. or not we would have to, I don't know, leave it up to a roll of the dice to see how much uh, theoretical damage <laughs> There's the fourth wall. Do. Oh no, a time rip! <laughs> <laughs> oh, not another one. The entire sentence was reversed. Jane <laughs> Patton, oh yeah, the, the, uh, they gave me some fancy swords, um, but you know, I, I don't want to use them unless necessary. Um, Can I, I mean, see them? Yeah, they're, they're, come on, I'll show you. I, I hung the other one up in my uh, captain's quarters. I don't want to just Great. walk around with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you uh, guys go up at this point uh, to the captain's quarters. You're right. Check out the luscious, spacious uh, okay. accommodations that uh, Nua has provided for me. Oh, so generously. Like, out to, like ask questions and like probe people's minds with. This is fun. Uh, uh, you're going to see Ash is just going to stand there kind of staring at the swords. And Bone is going to walk off of his shoulders and kind of tap at your ankle, Alistair, motioning to like oh, get up yeah, onto your shoulder. Uh, uh, you see uh, Bone like looses out his tongue and it kind of flutters in front of you. And there's a little writing on his like silk tongue uh, that just says, Tell me what these do in the discreet right, way you use so, them. So, um, yeah, this <clears throat> Alistair again, uh, yeah. I, I will say because of that Nat 20, you guys can kind of like angle yourselves. So that you can speak away from the eye that's watching you. Yeah. Uh, you don't think that they could hear necessarily what you're saying, but uh, they would be able to read your lips. Got it. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, one of these, the one that uh, Nua gave me, um, is supposed to be a banishment one, which it does, but it also banishes the person that uh, is holding it. So that mm. was supposed to be a test, but you know, could also be a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one is also a big banishment spell, so anyone hit by it gets banished to another plane, but at the same time, it rips the life force out of the person who uses it. So so here's the thing. I think I think you can tell that I am... I, I work a lot with magical artifacts. Right. I think I think I think you can understand. You've you've seen Daedra, you've seen Bone, you've seen the area. Oh, yeah, no, you've 100%. Seen it. That's why I see the small one. So, making a magic item is a very difficult and time-consuming thing. Modifying one, depending on the modifications intended, could be a lot shorter. I might, depending on how well I can get work done in this environment, might maybe be able to try and modify one of these. Yeah, if you want to, go for it. I'm thinking... Because these are powerful enchantments, but the caveats are too, you know, strong to use them. I'm thinking either I take this one, and I weaken the enchantment so it purely just does banishment without uh, without uh, damaging the user, but it's a far less powerful right. banishment. Or I can take this one that banishes the user and change it to an area of effect so that it would banish a party of people rather than I mean, a single individual a good, user. A good, you know, in case of emergency, pull ripcord. That's what I'm thinking. Right. I, I'd, I'd like to try and take... We have time on the ship. 
I'm not really yeah. doing anything else. I think I'd like to try and tinker with one of these. With your sure, that'll be your miso. your downtime uh downtime action for these next few days. Um so do you guys want to cut from here and we'll go into these next few days as you guys are at this point all caught up with one another? Yeah. Well, in terms yeah. of in terms of that, I'm okay with that. But then I also want to like interact and understand who is on the crew. Sure. Your action can be just uh just talking with the crew members, checking in, being like the general, like, you know, uh just being friendly, just being your Fred friendly self. Yeah. Friendly. Man. Fred, uh, Fred, uh, so um then the with that and uh Alistair, did you have anything else you want to do on the ship in these next few days? I mean, he Alistair definitely that crushed it. Um, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. Uh but I think for the next couple of days, I do think uh he would also like to kind of get an idea of who's going on in the crew. I mean, we got Valgorg. I know we have a bunch of nameless NPCs and we have first mate. Um, there you go. Uh <laughs> so, so um, but like I think also like Alistair would like to at least uh fortify defenses like you know try to actually make sure that the ship is well defensible or at least like able to withstand any potential um comeuppance yeah so um there's a few things that we're going to use here this is from uh some some actual uh rules and stuff the crew, as it stands, has a default score of like morale that it's set at. How strong the crew works. Right now, you guys start at a plus four. With, um, we'll say, Fred, you're going around and raising morale by just interacting, mm -hmm. being friendly. Uh, Alistair, you, uh, you want to fortify your defenses, correct? More so, yes. Yeah. Less than actually raising morale as well. You can do either I mean, one. Because hmm, hmm. I mean, I, I mean, Alistair has got. You know, little puny arms. Uh, <laughs> so more than yes. anything, like it would probably come to a, making other people fix it, but at the same time, like supervising. Yeah. Uh, more than anything, though. Well, actually, I feel like more than anything, he's much better at um pepping, at like you know actually uh raising morale. So got you. All right, so both of you guys, I'm gonna ask for a persuasion check. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, if if it wasn't working on the magical scimitars, Ash was definitely going to be trying to like give all the weaponry on the ship plus one. Like a Ash would That's be trying crazy. to Ash would be trying to go around and infuse That's, the cannons. You could. There are four ballista on the ship instead of cannons, just mm. so you know. Um, Repeating shot ballista would be fucking broken. Oh, hell yeah. Not needing to load a ballista. Just. Doom, doom, I think doom, your infusements are just like you just touch it in that. It, it's it's at the end right? of a long rest. Gotcha. Yeah. So like it's, it doesn't take a whole day to do this. Um so let's see. Alistair, what'd you get for your persuasion check? I rolled a sixteen plus seven for a twenty-three. <laughs> Hot twenty-three. Damn. Uh I'll say that you raise the crew morale by two, bringing you guys up to a plus six. Uh that's gonna help a lot in case of any combat or anything that may have mm. happened on the ship. Uh, and then let's go with Fred. What did you get? Uh, uh, Fred rolled a four for a total of eight. Uh, people are annoyed by you, so that's minus one. So that brings us Get up it. to a plus five. Uh, you would think that this Fred, world. You would think that Fred cooking for the crew would do more for morale than Alistair reading oh, bedtime stories as obituary reading obituaries as bedtime. I'm stories. sorry. Are you actually cooking or are you interacting with people? Well, I mean, I was just going around to talk to people. I wasn't cooking. Yeah, I, I was just. Oh, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, people just don't like your friendly demeanor in this world. Uh, these are a bunch of like, like 
New Yorker salesman. Wow. To like, not salesmen, <laughs> but like sailors. Yeah. You know, sailors. Uh, yeah. Oh, Seamen. Uh, so you you just like going around offering cookies. Uh, you see like one guy goes, "I held you do to those. You spinning them or something? Get the fuck out of my face! I'm trying to work here. What are you doing, handing out cookies? Get to work. What are you doing? Yeah. Come no, on. Just, uh, All right. I'm just I'm just gonna go go down Gosh. to the hole now. All right, Fred. Captain, get a load of this guy. I, I yeah, I know you were being completely out of line. Someone offers uh, you a cookie, you damn well take it. Wait, me? Yeah. Oh, that this sucks. Fine, I'll take the cookie. He grabs a cookie, starts eating it. All right, she's pretty good. Yeah. All right. right? Fuck you then. Yeah. You're all right. You know what? I, yeah. Yeah. I, I deserve that one. He just takes another bite of the cookie. Anyone else Not. got a problem with the total on board? Uh, everyone <laughs> looks at Fred. Looks back at you. No, sir. That's what I uh, thought. They make a line to take cookies from Fred, uh, <laughs> making eye contact with Alistair after taking the cookie and eating it. Uh, <laughs> this, feel, this feels like nepotism. This like, feels this like not, but it feels like it. <laughs> so, forced cookies raises morale by plus one. Um, you guys are at plus five. And we're going to go to uh, working with the scimitars. So the scimitars, these are extraordinarily powerful artifacts. Yeah. Um, Ash is a danger. Ash, uh, I'm going to need... Uh, first, let's make an Arcana check. I, I want to ask first, with the help of Daedra and my enemies, can I try and set up a workstation in the uh, in the crow's nest? Like, to, to give me some nest. kind of bonus. Interesting. Um, yeah, so we'll say... Why don't we do that first? Mm-hmm. Um, let's make that... Are you able to take proficiency with any type of tools? Uh, not any type of tools. Uh, I have specifically jeweler's tools, smith's tools, thieves' tools, and tinker's tools. Tinker's tools. So okay. jewelry, metalworking, uh, stealing, and uh, you know, like I think building tinker. a workstation, um, like like a table and stuff to work on, like anything like that, is more like a carpentry tool tech. Mm-hmm. If you want to just lay out your tools and have a space for yourself up there, I'll definitely allow that. And that can, I'll say like your, um, you know, Bone and Daedra can end up giving you, I, I forget, did Bone even come? Yeah, yeah Bo- okay. Bone is here. Uh, they, you have uh, advantage uh, as they give the help action on this Arcana check. So that's what we'll say is you right, kind of set right. up your workstation up in the in the uh, mast. Thank you, Bone. Uh, Arcana, that's going to be a total of 19 because Ash actually doesn't add that much. 19. But nothing. Uh-huh. I want to ask. How, we have nine people uh, on the crew, right? Yeah, let me just double check, actually. Um, it's very important will, that you give me the exact number. I will give number. you the exact number. Give me one moment. Oh, no. <laughs> I have it written down. I may have not said it properly last time. You guys have up to a capacity of 20 with you guys and Valkoric. You guys have a total of 14 people aboard. It okay. is a damn shame that this caps out at plus five. Uh, it, I feel like it shouldn't, because I feel like I should definitely be able to use saving, saving face. Yeah, to oh use saving God. face to get like a solid plus sixteen of this. Uh, like that's th- a lot of face to save. I what? know, but you know, Ash fights on battle lines more than he does individual stuff. That's what he's used to. Uh, it, but I'll I'll use saving face for another plus five to that to make it a twenty-four. Nothing terrible about that. So. 24 is going to do a lot better than just a 19. 19, nothing terrible is going to happen to you. Yeehaw. 24, nothing bad is going to happen to you. However, oh, no. these magical <laughs> artifacts are extremely complicated, even for your um, your uh, 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 knowledge and experience with 
tinkering with these types of things, you see that um, this is supposed to be a one-time use only for both swords. Like mm. there's a charge in both of them. Uh, and you feel like you can either, um, you can probably increase the charge of one of them by one uh, if you felt like that. Um, but other than that, like actually playing with the enchantments in a two day span is not enough time to yeah. actually get the full complication of these these tools. I think Ash kind of I, I have an idea and I want you to tell me how wild sure. and stupid this is. Uh, OK, Ash sees the kind of magic of this and sees, oh, one banishes the user, one banishes a target so powerfully uh, that it damages the user. This magic is in in some ways counteractive it's not entirely opposed to each other but it is in some ways counteractive ash has seen weapons which would be colloquially known as a double-bladed scimitar mm -hmm. would it be possible to fuse these swords together in in a rather ramshackle way i only have a, a few days time but using my tinker tools to get the finery of it and my swiss tools to get like the the importance of forging the magic together binding these blades create a single double bladed scimitar with a single banishment charge by counteracting the magic in the so when you piece. say making a double bladed scimitar mm -hmm. and that idea comes to you you notice first off that metalworking to do that would not be good the mm -hmm. reason for that is if i can go back to last time we talked about the hilts of these blades the hilts are made out of uh wood they're made out of yggdrasil wood mm -hmm. so as you have this intent in your mind to fuse these together, you hold them close and watch as the magic of the two of them actually do like a like a magnet um, attach to one another and oh snap God. into place mm -hmm. as if that was actually the intention the entire time of these two swords. Wonderful. So would that be then a success? I have Absolutely. crafted a okay. so what is the the end the end result of what I'm trying to do here is create by counteracting the magic of like a, a banishment on the user and a banishment on the target, try and like push those together, I guess, would be to to create a single rather than a powerful banishment, just kind of use the counteraction to force both the target and the user into a weird kind of banishment state where they kind of have to roll a contested check to see who gets Interesting. Banished. Okay, a contested check to see who gets banished. Yeah, it, it is. Ash knows he doesn't have the time to craft this exactly how he wants. This is as ramshackle as he can get in the moment. Is making it uncontrolled, like a force of will thing, rather than an actual force then of creation. Force of will, we'll say, will be a charisma saving throw. Mm -hmm. DC, there's not gonna be DC. It's gonna be contested between two charisma saving throws. We could do this, or I'll give you this other option. Okay, you can use the banishment spell of the user and the damage of the other one. And you can alter the arcane energies in such a way that you can, instead of doing a banishment spell necessarily, negate the self-damage that would come from using the one charge. Uh, you can either do the negation of damage mm -hmm. or you can make the contested check between two people. Okay, that is... I was almost haggling with you, trying to go so overboard. That is exactly what I wanted, is negating the damage go. to get a single banishment charge on this double-bladed So scimitar. it's just, basically, one side of the scimitar has the banishment charge. Mm -hmm. The other side is basically um, it's set to absorb the damage. We're going to say it's still going to be like a saving throw, uh, just to make sure that that goes through. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you, there will be reduced damage even in the result of a failure, but uh, an up save, then the yeah. sword actually absorbs all of the actual energy damage. So you guys see Ash come down on, on the last day of the journey. Like, he has been in the crow's nest the entire time. Uh, he has not eaten. He has not drunken anything. Uh, if people have tried to come up, he would shut the trap door that would allow them to reach him. Uh, he was completely closed off in the crow's nest for three straight days, and you see him come down the last day with this, in, like, <laughs> with the two swords fused together in a double-bladed scimitar. I did yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did. Right. It. Yeah, that's, no, uh, that, um, that's great, man. It was a lot easier than I thought. I'd have to do a lot of metal working. It kind of was just putting I them mean, together yeah, and they clicked. It is made of tree, which I oh, guess. And Ash is going to make direct eye contact with the arcane eye. I guess is a bit of a metaphor for saying that things don't actually have to be in contest, but sometimes duality can be a really good thing. And then he's going to turn back to the conversation. <laughs> for some reason, you feel like a chill. Just yeah. Slight, Ash knows. Just a slight cold. Um, at this point, after a few days have gone by, um, I'm going to need... I think based off of where you guys would be, Ash, after you come back down, you kind of finally eat, you drink. Uh, Level of exhaustion removed. <laughs> right. Um, uh, we'll say, Fred, you're up uh, by like the front of the ship right now. Um, and you're you're running low on cookies. You've been handing them out quite a bit. So you've kind of started like trying to get them for yourself. Oh, why are you uh, the cook to make more of them? Uh, the cook's... Uh, will try his best to make some cookies for you guys. Um, but in the Bye meantime, hard. you're trying to savor the ones you have. <laughs> uh, and as you're savoring them, I'm going to need you to make a uh, perception check for me. God, these, these cookies are so good. I got to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing things, you know, for me, but then, but then also for my friends. But, but these cookies are, oh, yeah, all the good cookies. Hum, 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 I just hum, suddenly hum. got the mental headcanon of, like, Alistair, like, you know, Alistair and Fred, like, as the crew is, like, landing up to go to their sleeping quarters just every night, just, here's a cookie, kiss on the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Here's the cookie. Kiss on the forehead. Fred hands over the cookie. Alistair gives a kiss on the forehead. Just good night. Good night. Read out a single, Ooh. like read out a single obituary entry. Yeah. <laughs> Just, wow, hey, I knew like, that guy. This is real shit, isn't it? He was an asshole. Right. So here's what actually happened, and he like weaves to these like really over the top fantastic stories about oh. stories for everybody. Oh, yeah. Great. Just making up oh. stories about their deaths. Other than Fred, what do we get on that themselves off check? the tree? Jumping off trees aside, um, Fred got a 21. 21. So first, everyone can see this part. No perception check needed. The clouds around you guys are getting darker, uh, as if there's a storm brewing. Um, you hear thunder off in the distance, and so you see um, the time mage, or engineer in the center, going, like, just really concentrating on the mast right now uh, to keep you guys steady, as around you, just like, turbulence starts shaking the ship a little bit yeah, through the no. clouds they're getting Before very thin continue, mm -hmm. uh fred immediately seeing this is going to get everybody strapped in um just Got going it. around and even taking taking his time and going way out of the way to strap in the asshole that wouldn't <laughs> take his cookie uh, you see he's already <laughs> strapped in so you don't need to have that awkward confrontation um <laughs> as he yeah. works on the deck uh, but he does notice you doing this for everyone else, and just like nice guy for no reason. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? He never had any bad day in his life. This guy, oh, fuck this guy. A glare. 
from like wherever he is. He he goes silent and just keep puts his head down. Uh, Fred, as you're clipping in everybody, we'll say at the last guy you clip in, a streak of lightning flashes off in the distance, and you see something really weird, like a silhouette that reminds you of Yggdrasil. There's like a tree silhouette off in the distance. Huh? About maybe 115 feet away from you guys through the clouds. That's a problem. Um, what do you do? You say anything? You just kind of. Uh, I think. It? I think. Oh, so uh, what? What Fred is gonna do is like do a double take, and he's gonna look at it again. And you know, because you said it was a flash, it's gone after the second double take. As the second double take, like your eyes focus in in the area, and you do see towards the center of the storm a tree. You see a tree flying. Uh, its branches, like the top half of the tree, pointed in your direction of the ship, uh, and you see little lightning charges streak between branches and just spark off into the storm. So, so it's not just a flash anymore. Now you're saying that. It's now like- you're seeing like the front end of this tree starting to approach the ship. All right. It yeah, doesn't look okay. like a friendly tree. Okay. Uh- <laughs> it's not Fred, the giving tree. Yeah, no, Fred's <laughs> um- tree. <laughs> yeah, no. It's Fred understands the taking tree very well. Uh Fred is is definitely going to be like, it's the taking tree, guys. Uh you see that the crew, a little confused at first, spots it. <laughs> um, as you pointed out, everyone can now see this uh monstrosity, a giant rotting tree, uh covered in like barnacles and strange like uh holes that carve into it in unnatural ways the branches themselves like creeping and and um breaking off in the wind and subtly like almost like a like a glitch in a game just snaps back into place um as it approaches you hear your first mate yell we've got a splinter all hands on deck uh and i Uh, need everybody to roll initiative oh yeah here we are question uh oh uh, one thing I wanted to do is rather than just a oh, single no. charge on the scimitar, could I have made it recharge? Uh, like at a time uh, frame. We we'll come back to that. Okay, we'll come back to that yeah. at another point. Um, we'll say you yeah. you might have more time. Yeah, later. Like, we'll we'll say problem. for now, merging two magic swords is pretty. Is, I'm content with this. All right, so let's uh start with Tom. What you get? I rolled in that one. <laughs> you gotta balance out those 20s so you yeah. better get that whisper so, going to see what um, happens yeah so the initiative is a total of a four okay um nice and uh i rolled a three on the d4 which means i am frightened of the creature closest to me other than myself until the end of my next turn maybe you look over to the first mate next to you <laughs> uh if multiple honestly, creatures are closest the dm chooses which creature you are frightened of honestly fair i'm yeah, scared honestly, of the first mate too a little too chipper <laughs> that or demanding. Uh, all right. So then, with that, Fred, how about you? Would you roll? Fred got an eighteen. Fred with the eighteen, looking good. Uh, and then, of course, Ash. So Ash is done with his work, but he also was still in the crow's nest doing what I call summoning lightning, where he's just standing there with his arms outstretched, and whenever lightning would strike in the storm, he would just laugh, um, <laughs> like a fucking like a maniac. Truly. Uh, uh, and he, so focused was he on this that he did not notice the tree. And with his plus one to initiative, it hit a total of two. Oh my god, you also got up with that one. <laughs> okay, wow. You actually go 
after an at one. That's insane. All right, oh uh, give me one God. second here. All right, so just gotta roll for a few more things. Okay. Okay, layer action. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, no. So I'm actually introducing a new thing in this fight, and we will get to that when we get to it. Mm. Um, but as of right now, that's no problem. Uh, let's start at the top of initiative. Uh, Fred, this thing is about a hundred feet away. You do have access to four different ballistas here. It seems like the ship currently uh, can tilt in a direction that could straight up launch at it. It is coming straight at you guys, so you can hop over to a ballista to try to take a shot at it with that. Or if you'd like, uh, you can go ahead and do like spells, anything you want to do. Um, DM, is there rope on this ship? Absolutely. In any capacity? Yeah. 100%. Okay, does, it, does it look like some of these ballistas are tailor-made to just have rope attached to them? Uh, you Most of like the wiring here is like strong wiring, right? Um, the rope, like you mean a rope attached to like one of the ballistas as if to like tow at something? Exactly that. Okay, give me one That's second. Let me better just... than what I thought you were about to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think he was gonna try to get over to it. I thought he was gonna launch himself at it. Yeah, same thing as last time. <laughs> Fred, no. Uh, yeah, look. Let's be fair. No. He set a precedent. So these, <laughs> these ballista, they do not have ropes naturally attached to uh, what is shot off of them. Okay, so it would be it would be a, a stretch and a prayer to like make sure that what I would want to do would work. Got it. Um. All right. Uh, so currently, the crew can man two of the ballistas for you guys while still maintaining the ship's uh, like function. Uh, so you see two of the crew members rush to two of the ballistas. Okay. Um, what Fred is going to do is cast the spell Create fruit, uh, Food and Water. Uh, this is the third level spell. And it's going to be entirely sacks of flour. So you're just going to make a bunch of flour? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You use your action to make a bunch of flour. Uh, just mm -hmm. <laughs> And uh, it's going to be in a place where the, it stays kind of dry because Fred is being careful to um, make sure that the contents stay flammable. There is, I should mention, there is no rain in this storm. Oh, all right. So we're, 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 we're good. Cool. Uh, and then uh, Fred is going to uh, shout out to Ash and be like, um, I think, I think we can make something really explosive with this, man. How do you know this? You are not you are not a studied person. How do you know the explosive properties of flour? I feel like there's a story well, behind this. Yeah, there is a story, but you know lightning strikes in the distance. I might have heard from a ghost once. I know it's not the time, but I'm really curious how you are aware of this knowledge. Never we'll oh, yeah. we'll get oh, to yeah. it. Yeah, I have my fireworks. Yeah, I have my fireworks. Uh -huh. Okay. Good. That's all right. It. That's all Fred, Fred's gonna do. Cool. Fred and, makes and a bunch Red of flour on deck. Yeah, so like in case Dex saves what he needed, Fred is gonna ready himself. Cool. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, the crew is going to go. They're going to fire two ballistas off at this. And you see underneath deck, people are bringing out torches and laying them near the ballistas. Um, and then the two crew are going to take shots over at the uh, the splinter, as they called it. Uh, first one, let me just pull this up too so I have it. Uh, da, 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 da. First one's going to miss. Second one's going to hit. Uh, so these ballistas for your your guys' sake, so you guys know. These do 3d10 piercing damage. Uh, they roll alright. They, they do pretty good. So they do 15 damage on one of the ballistas firing off. Um, but you see as it launches into this, like, you know, 
disaster. Um, uh, lightning kind of like fires off and kind of hurts the ballista a little bit, uh, and it weakens the impact of this. Uh, mechanically, it seems to have resistance to piercing damage. That makes mm-hmm. sense. It's a tree. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Checks out. It's a tree. Going in quotes. <laughs> that makes sense. It's a tree. Okay. Uh, after that, the first mate's going to go. Uh, first mate is uh, going to run over to one of the uh, other ballistas that isn't manned and start lighting the tip of the ballista with a torch and is now um, setting this ballista to be lit up with fire. Um, Someone to this one! Uh, he yells out, and immediately following the first mate, Valkorg, who you guys have not interacted oh, yeah. with, has been on board, um, <laughs> rushes over to this ballista, takes a seat, like, sort of. It's kind of like, he's kind of <laughs> like hunch over it because there's a tiny seat in the ballista to use it. Um, he actually just straddles it in the end yeah. <laughs> uh, as he just manually like lifts it into place and then like oh. just smashes the side of it to launch it. Uh, hey, he's going ta- to try to just use it as a two-handed weapon. Like, <laughs> he's just pick it up. Just pick it up. In that 20. Valcor rolls in that 20. All oh, right. Tell him to pick it up. <laughs> so you see Valcor straight up pick it up like a crossbow. Brilliant. Uh, holds it in midair, takes a shot with this crit. Um, this is going to do 60 10 piercing damage and an additional uh, 4d6 fire damage from the torch being lit on it. So, first, oh my god, he rolled two tens on this. Um, 41 piercing damage. Holy shit. I can't believe this. This is crazy. Uh, so that's half down, we'll say 21 round up. Um, piercing damage, and then the fire starts spreading around this tree. Immediately, you can tell this thing is, like, made of dead wood, and so this fire catches a light. This is a, like, quick flash fire on this thing. Uh, you can see that them bringing up torches is a practiced state, because these things are vulnerable to fire damage, which means the nine fire damage that he just rolled becomes 18 fire damage. Um, nice. and immediately, this tree is looking much more worse for wear. Uh, with that, at the end of Valkorg's turn, Splinter is going to use something called a Paragon action. Oh, so guys, no. this is something called a Paragon creature. Paragon creatures, uh, I found they're very cool discovery. They're based off of, we'll link the homebrew, but uh, they are based off of 3.5's version of uh, kind of like monsters and bosses. This thing has several health pools, several actions, and turns it can take in a single round of combat. Um, so you see at the end of Valkorg's turn, it just snaps and creaks as a large um uh you see it just flies forward 60 feet you it's now 40 feet away from the ship um and is going to take a dash action to just basically land itself into the center of the ship it is now on top of the ship and has rooted itself and is starting to spread its roots on the ship itself. The fire overhead threatens catching on fire the mast and the wood of your own ship. Um, that's, flower. And the flower, of course. And other things in the cargo bay. Um, oh no. So, now that it is on your ship, that is its paragon action. That is a full turn that it is able to take. It is now its actual turn. Um, you see it's then one uh, branch swings down towards Valkorg for dealing such a massive blow. 
uh, a branch of it swings down uh, and is going to hit him. Uh, the creature is then grappled. So you see this branch wraps around Valkorg, um, and he throws out another branch that tries to take root on the first mate, who helps light this uh, ballista aflame. Um, that's also going to hit. Uh, so both of them are going to take... Let me do the damage as well. Uh, Valkorg takes uh, 11 bludgeoning damage, Hardy. and then the first... was that? He's hardy. He can probably take it. You can take that. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, it's, it, this is fine. Uh, first mate takes uh, 10 bludgeoning damage. He cannot take that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I would not. Um, and more than that, you see the storm... <sighs> thunder starts striking and lightning strikes the tip of this tree exploding as this discharge this ex- just electrical explosion through its roots and is channeled into both valkorg and the first mate they both make dexterity saving throws um oh i'm sorry it does not uh it targets itself with a lightning discharge ability and any creatures that it's currently grappling takes the damage instead of it. Uh, they do not do not make any saving throw. Oh, no. Uh, the tree automatically fails its own, and then takes 7d8 lightning damage. Oh, no. So this is split that's... evenly between them, though. Uh, uh... So that's going to be 12 damage to the first mate of lightning damage, uh, and 13 to Valkorg. You see the first mate is on death's door already. Hmm. Um, this thing means serious business. Uh, after Splinter Sir, we go to Alistair. Oh, shit. Um, I mean, there is a small point part of Alistair where, like, as he sees this tree kind of encroaching upon him, like, the swirl of spirits clouds his vision. Like, he sees a familiar face just in the first mate's face, and it just strikes him with this level of dread. Um, so he is at least frightened for the, this current turn. Mm. Um, oh, you can't even get close nope. to the tree. Uh, which I don't think I want to be, to be honest. Um, but Alistair is just still kind of like filled with like this kind of creeping dread as he's uh, gripping onto the handrail of his little command post. Like knuckles white as he you see, just <clears throat> catches his voice and just um, drops a command spell. Um, targeting Valgorg and first mate. Um, Interesting. Okay. You need them to make uh, wisdom saves. Sure. I'm dropping a second level spell on that one, so I can target two creatures. Uh, do you want them just to fail it? They can that would choose be to nice. fail. Yeah, they'll they'll choose to fail to let this spell go through. And just like Alistair's voice echoes with all the voices of the the spirits that surround us. Escape. Fantastic. So hoping to give them uh, some kind of advantage. Uh, so what I'll do instead of advantage, instead of it going back all the way around their turn and they have to spend their turn escaping, I'll give them on this turn as a reaction. They're going to both try to make escape checks Same. with a second level command. I'll I'll allow that. Um, so Valkorg <laughs> rolls a nat one to even out the nat twenty. Damn it! <laughs> uh, you see. Um, Val goes to like break off the branch to escape, and then Korg is just like flailing around with the other hand, uh, just ah! just um, shouting at the top of his lungs, uh, just in pain. Uh, and then first mate here, first mate manages to slip out, uh, just barely, uh, of this grapple. Thank you. Just shouts over to you. He now just uh huh, yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, you, just, nice. Just anywhere but near me. Just move. Huh? Um, 
Sorry. Um, uh, right, uh, Ash, you seem like you might be able to do more against this than I might, so um, do your thing. And I give Ash Bardic Inspiration. Great. Um, D6. And uh, that's my turn. I'm not, I'm just, he's gripped onto this uh, control post. Great. Uh, okay, so Ash, it is your turn. Uh, I could, mm, I, I don't know what I want to do, because there's a lot of different ways I could do things. But they all take a turn to set up. Uh, so uh, I guess we'll do it this way, uh, even though it'll mean we'll take some extra hits. But, you know, to get it set up, uh, would it be possible to uh, cast heat metal in a modified way as to heat the double bladed scimitar and add extra fire damage to attacks? Oh my Considering God. the hilt is wood, I would assume it That's would true. It would not deal that damage. True. Um, yeah, I will allow that. Because it's whenever someone comes into contact with the metal, they take damage, right? Yes. That's just how that, yeah. that functions. So that that checks out for me. Okay, so nice. I will go All ahead right. and use my action to cast heat metal on the uh, on the double bladed scimitar, cool. uh, and then bonus action. Oh, there's a whole <laughs> lot I can do. Uh, Ash is going to with his. I guess just we'll fucking we'll make sure we take at least one swing. Ash is going to finally open the door, come down from the crow's nest. Uh, grab like a rope and pirate swing with the double bladed scimitar through the air. Uh fully like he's just having fun with it at this point. Uh in like a double bladed scimitar, it's a weapon that doesn't make sense. Everyone knows this. Not at it's all. Stupid. <laughs> Two-sided swords are bad. So what what Ash has done is to make it at least functional is he's kind of made them uh double bladed pointed with the blades pointed in the same direction. Uh, one, he has kind of flattened out the edge and angled it forward a little bit. So you hold the sword normally, bracing one of the blades against your forearm while you hold the other one like a standard sword. Uh, basically, like, I have no idea how to make a double-bladed scimitar a functional weapon, but I'm telling you, I'm just trying to make it like a sword and effectively a bladed gauntlet. Uh, just, <laughs> just um, weapons. Yeah, I mean, just sounds sick. It, uh, it doesn't around, make like, sense. All. Yeah, who fucking cares? Hey, uh, you're fighting a tree. Truly, who cares? Ash takes the swords apart, screaming through the air, uh, tied with a rope around his waist to the mast, just swinging through the air like a fucking pirate, and uh, is not actually going to attack because uh, he just casts heat metal. And Bone is going to go ahead and take. Okay, sword. great. Yeah. Uh, oh god, I gotta pull. I gotta pull it. Yeah. You know, look. Sometimes it's fun to talk about it. We're all doing theater of the mind, so you know we gotta we gotta just gotta talk. It. Yeah. You gotta talk on a pod. Uh, thirteen. Thirteen misses. Yeah. <laughs> as a bone tries to like gnaw at one of the branches as you fly past it um, <laughs> the the branch just kind of like just smacks him a little bit and he has to readjust on your shoulder yeah too much bark. And now ash is just swinging in circles like one of those carnival rides with just two flaming swords the rope is uh, not getting any smaller by the way because it's like wiring that is supposed to like yeah be able to manage to circle around the post pretty constantly uh <laughs> So it's you're just nice. swinging in like a perfect pendulum type of manner. He's like, he's on one of those swing rides at carnivals. Yes, like the, exactly. The, the it's the airship and the and the swing ride combined. Yeah. that's what you are on right now. Yeah, um, well, that, that's my turn. Heat metal and a failed attack great. from both. Uh, Fred, you're up. Sure. Uh, so now what Fred is going to do is let's see. Don't say. We are. We, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, true. I, I, Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I concur. Uh, oh, oh, you do. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that you, you're totally, 
you know, hundred um, percent on board. Feeling, feeling the 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 good things. Um, so, bonus action. Fred is going to activate a uh, spiritual weapon, and it's going to be a whole bunch of his floating hammers again. And then, also, question for DM: Where is Fred in relation to the tree? Still in the front of the ship? You were tying people by the mast, probably. So you're you're towards the center. Okay, so I, I'm I'm next to you're the pretty tree. near it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, wow, I, I I didn't get struck by lightning. Okay. Um, it only got right. through its own roots. Yeah, there's still a chance for that. Don't worry. We'll we'll get there. We'll um, get all there. right. Well, what's what's going to happen now is um I'm going to start glowing this beautiful green uh that I, that I like to glow and. I'm going to cast Protection from Energy, and it says, For the duration, uh, the willing creature you touch has resistance to one type of damage of your choice. Acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder. And lightning is going to be my choice, centered on uh, Korg, who has not broken free yet. That's true. Uh, So this energy kind of encircles Val Korg. Um, It covers both of them, like the spell effects Val and Korg. Uh, And they are shimmering in this like green protective energy absolutely and that's, right. uh, that's gonna be my turn fantastic at the end of your turn then we're going to take another paragon action okay. so another full turn uh from the tree uh it's going to take its root um and let's see here uh, no one's i guess the person swinging in front of it uh going wild uh ash it's gonna try to take a uh gripping attack against you try to tie its roots to you Oh my god, uh, that misses for sure uh, on a two on the yeah. die. Uh, <laughs> I just swing into up the air. to a dirty twenty. Does a dirty twenty hit? <laughs> Not if I cast shield. Oh, you gonna do it? Yeah. Oh. Nice, good <laughs> choice. Uh, so you throw up this arcane shield as just this root misses oh. the first time, and then comes back around to grab you from behind. Um, you. Just just in time, throw out your uh, shield and it rebounds off of it, unable to grip you. Um, it's going to use lightning discharge, and unfortunately, the only person grappled right now is Valkorg. So Valkorg is going to take full 78, but thanks to Fred, has resistance on this lightning damage. Yeah. Uh, so let's do that. Mm-hmm. All right, 78. 34 damage, halved to let's 17. Uh, Valkorg is looking very hurt, just so everyone's aware. Um, that's the end of the Paragon action. First mate's gonna go. Uh, first mate draws um, like a bow off their back, dips it into the torch, takes a few steps back, and then launches up an arrow at this thing. Um, just like a plain old arrow. Let's see here. Uh, on a nat one, uh, the fire hits the flower. Uh, no, I'm kidding. It's not gonna do that. Uh, that'd be way too bad. Instead, it just goes flying off in the distance, just completely misses. Uh, does take a second attack, does the same thing. On a second nat one in a row, hits the flower, because I can't say no to that. It has to happen now. Okay. Um, here's what we're going to do. Uh, the second one, as he takes it and draws it back, the tree slams into the ground of the ship and throws off his aim. A bag of flower flies up just a little bit, and... An explosion goes off, I guess, because flower is flammable. Is that what I'm getting? Because I don't know this. Technically, it needs so, to be airborne into its like airborne particulates, because like a clump of flower, less so. But if it's kicked up into enough such that it's a cloud, it becomes immediately combustible. Got it. So in that case, we'll say it doesn't 
explode. Yay! Because uh, it's oh. still in the packs of flour. Thank you, Cam. Um, <laughs> technically, it should just be straight up flour on the ground, uh, but I'm saying it's bags. Um, and it lights on fire. <laughs> so there, it flour. technically should be uh, under the not create wrong. food. Not create packs. Um, but <laughs> these flower packs uh, are now a lit in flame, but they have not combusted. They have not exploded. Um, quick timeout, real quick. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Fred, when you used your spiritual weapon, did you actually take your attack with it? No. Because it gets. I didn't realize you used spiritual weapon. You could yeah, definitely do that. Use your bonus action to cast spiritual weapon. It gets an attack the turn it's summoned. Oh, shit. Um, great. Simon. Yeah, go uh, for it. Cool. I fully didn't catch, catch that. Yeah. I, I didn't even catch that that Fred cast spiritual weapon. I heard the Better. tiny hammers and giggled, so. Yeah, yeah, tiny giggle hammers. Uh, for uh, the total, tiny giggle uh, hammers are out. I was I yeah, was zoned out managing that, my spell slots. That's, uh, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be four damage of is it? Yeah, I think you got roll for attack too. You still got roll to is attack, it? but it's force damage. Oh yeah, right. Okay, roll to attack. Uh, that's gonna it is force be force damage. That's gonna be twenty one with a Definitely total hits. of four. Cool. Four force damage goes out as these. Hammer start knocking off some barnacles. All right. Um, back in though. Yeah. Uh, after Fred uh, and the Paragon action, uh, we move into the crew. The crew is on two ballista still. Um, they swing it over. At this point, the crew is able to light the ballista on fire. So two attacks, both have extra fire damage going off right now. All right. First one hits, second one misses. Uh, so this is going to do, let's see here. Uh, 11, I think a little bit more than that. Give me a second. I think it's not 11. I think it's 16. Is it plus five? I have to double check the stats I put for this. Um, Probably oh, like it's just straight. 40. It's just straight. Okay. Probably like 40 yeah, damage. Plus 40 damage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so now, uh, 11 piercing damage, half to six. We'll keep it even. Uh, and then three fire damage doubles to six. So oh, 12 damage total. Sick. Um, as they fire this off, they're keeping the uh, ship steady. Um, after the crew, uh, they, I think they're supposed to go before the first mate, but that's okay. Um, Valkorg is going to try to break out of this grapple. Uh, let's see here. Valkorg rolls a two on the die. Uh, Damn it, dude. I'll say takes sec- we'll do these as attacks. So second time trying to break out. Uh, is able to finally break out. No more attacks, but breaks out of the root finally. Um, and is going back down to pick up the giant ballista on the ground that he dropped. Mm. Um, after that is, is going to be the Splinter's turn. Uh, Splinter's going to come in and try to, let's see, grapple uh, the guy that has fire arrows. So going back for the first mate. Um, oh. Yeah, that guy's getting fucked up. Yeah. Uh, misses on the attack. Uh, does not grab the first mate. Uh, and then second attack, I think... Um, is gone for Ash already. Use shield. Didn't feel right. Um, the guy hitting him with tiny little hammers. Gonna go for you instead. Uh, let's see here. Doesn't like god, Christmas. Oh my bells. god, Jesus Christ. Um, Fred, does a twelve hit you? Uh, no. I didn't think so. <laughs> I'm rolling tragically bad. Uh, so this time is going to use lightning discharge and instead of targeting itself, since no one is grappled, uh, is mad at you, Fred, and is going to target you. Uh, with this lightning discharge, so this could be a deck saving throw. Oh, yeah. Fred's definitely oh. good at those. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just look of shock on the party's face right now. Just oh, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, so 
it's been a turn, so I guess the ready from the very beginning doesn't well, you, count. you don't really you didn't ready ready, you know what I yeah. mean? Because you, you used your action already. It's it's more yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Uh that's a total of ten. Ten fails. So let's yeah. roll this damage. Are you sure? God save the queen. God save the cookie. Uh you take thirty two lightning damage. Ooh. Oh, Still standing. So, 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 Fred it has just been wildly dodging these vines like something out of an anime scene, and like jumps off, but it, in the middle of the jump, gets hit with this lightning, and like you see, uh, just fried Fred, and it, it, it's it's just it's not okay. But like he 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 hits the deck of the ship, and instead of it being his shell that touches, it's his limbs, and he's still up. Ooh. Oh, thank goodness, because you going down would be real bad, right? Now. It, um, yeah, I don't want to have to heal. <laughs> All don't right. Well, that's the end of the Splinter's turn. Alistair, it is your turn. Okay. Like, he glances at first mate again, does that familiar vision fades, and he's like, All right, right, end the game, end the game. Right, okay. Um, Fred, try not to get hit by lightning again. Um, oh, yeah, I'm trying, man. Uh, I'm so I'm gonna use a bonus it's action right. cast healing word. It's all right, Fred. It never strikes uh, twice. <laughs> you heal uh, eight hit points. Uh, oh, bonus oh, action healing you, word on Fred. Um, probably should use bardic inspiration instead. It's it's completely fine. Um, and just all right. Um, hey, space engineers, can't you do something about the space between the splinter and like the deck? Like, can't you just make them like whoop? Uh, you see that they don't even turn to you. Three of them are trying to concentrate on keeping the ship afloat uh, as they are centered on the mast right now. Uh, it seems like in this situation, if something were to happen to these three in particular, th- bad things will happen. Fair enough. Right, all right. I guess we'll do it ourselves. Um, And I'm going to level uh, two Eldritch Blasts. Great, go for it. I'm guessing an 11 doesn't hit on the first one. It does not. Okay, a 19 on the second one. That hits. Okay. 13 points of force damage. Okay. He just conjures up like this dark kind of Very good. Blasts forward. Very nice attack. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, after oh, Alistair's turn... Let's, um, make, let's, let's work on getting this tree uprooted then, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> you hear some cheers from the, the crew. Yes, sir! Uh, as they oh, right. keep I'm loading the captain, aren't I? Everyone! <laughs> uh... <laughs> they kind of look at you quizzically for a second, but turn their attention back at this monstrosity. Uh, Ash, it is your turn. You see, as Ash is as Ash is given a command, you see something change in him. Like he was having a lot of childlike wonder as he was spinning around, holding two flaming swords. Uh, and the moment a command is issued to him, the joy fades from his face. His shoulders widen. His chest puffs out. He swings around, catches like catches the rope he's dangling off of around the last unused ballista, is going to angle himself horizontally across the deck, spinning like a top with the two flaming swords to cut at the roots of this tree. Uh, making uh, two attacks with my double-bladed scimitar. Uh, and since I'm not going to be commanding Bone this turn, I think he can... Oh, wait, no, he can't give me the help action if I don't command him, so I'm just going to take two attacks. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a 23 on the first hits. one. And a 21 on the second one. Also hits. So I'm going to go ahead and for each of these attacks, roll 2d4 for the scimitar, 
Uh, plus an additional 2d8 for okay. heat metal. Okay, as a bonus action with the scimitar when you take the attack action. Make I know, I know. <laughs> that's why I'm. That's okay. why I cast it on the scimitar, not my longsword. <laughs> my armor class is a little <laughs> bit weakened, uh, but you know, here we are. Uh, on the first attack, that is eight points of slashing and eleven points of fire so damage. That's going to be. Uh, you already doubled in half, or no? No, I didn't double in half. Oh, okay. So th- that's a lot of damage right there. That 11 doubles to 22. Uh, second oh. attack, 5 slashing damage, 13 okay, well, fire damage. Okay, as you deal these two back-to-back strikes rapidly into this the base of the tree, you see the tree alight in flame, turn into ash, and sparkle off into the distance. The crew has a quick sigh of relief until you feel the storm around you compress into one spot the clouds break apart, lightning no longer striking, but you hear loud claps of thunder as the Paragon Lair action, having depleted his first health pool, explodes. <laughs> Everybody make me a constitution saving throw. Constitution, yes, sir. Constitution, that's oh, correct. Oh, no, I'm uh, just 24. 24, okay. <laughs> 17 that, uh, Okay. That, uh, that are gonna be a 12. Twelve. All right. So, here's what's going to happen. Let me also roll for the entirety of the crew. They roll really good. Okay, so this is good. This is good. You guys become, um, have a flash in your eyes as you see time start to distort around you. Space compresses. Things start going Looney Tunes the way things look. And you shake out of it after a large large thunderclap erupts with a much weaker-looking tree. Um, the tree is back where it once was, slightly smaller. The, the lightning discharging off of it no longer as strong. The storm around you no longer as uh, crazy. Except you don't see Fred. Fred, you have disappeared for oh. the next D4 rounds of combat. Oh. Uh, honestly, oh. maybe a good thing. Maybe a good thing. Uh, Fred's health. For the next three rounds, Fred, you are in a temporal shunt. You are no longer affected by space and time. You are able to perceive everything around you happening at once. And so it's extremely hard for you to take everything in. Your physical corporeal form no longer occupies the same space it had, it occupies all space at all time, all at once, and you are suffering from extreme amounts of just trippiness. Uh, that is happening to Fred. But nobody knows. Uh, cool. So, uh, as a bonus action. <laughs> sure. Uh, Ash, spinning horizontally across the deck as the tree disappears plants his feet horizontally on the mast and seeing the tree reappear is going to leap back in the direction he came jumping completely horizontally and is going to take a bonus action attack with the double bladed scimitar Great. Uh, that's a total of 21 a hit again another hit Did Fred Yay. Die? <laughs> Alistair uh, looks to no one in particular I'll, I'll say like you see Fred's existence just snap kind of just like hack itself into existence for moments like here and there like all over the place he's just clipping everywhere um just you see fred just like something's happening with him that you cannot help him with he's just a teleporting turtle right well all right he's on the yeah the temporal now. turtle um, okay oh my God. shit 
So that's going to be a further 9 points of slashing damage and 10 okay. points of fire. That becomes 20 points of fire. Jesus Christ. Very good. This heat metal is great. Um, is that the end of Ash's turn? That is. All it. right, Fred, it you is your turn. I have a question, yes. actually. Like, because I know Fred is currently being glitched about. Like, what about his uh, spirit weapon? Everything that he still had occupied, like the spells and stuff, are still available. Fred cannot use his action or bonus action in this moment to take the effects. However, gotcha. the protection from energy on Valkorg remains. Oh, good. Well, actually, I, I believe you have to make a concentration check on that from the like 32 damage you took. Yeah, oh, yeah. On the lightning. Uh, yeah, so like it's a DC 16 con save. Yeah, or check. yeah, it, is. yeah it is. Um... You got this, oh, you're hardy. No. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's a that's a six. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh spell's gone. Uh you probably saved Valkorg's life though, uh, with the one use that you did get on him. Um after Ash's turn, Fred's turn. Fred, you are shifting in this time and space, and you hear a familiar voice. You hear Yggdrasil in this moment, and he speaks to you. They speak to you. They say to you, as you're shunting between times and space um he he says this world itself has extended beyond my reach and that's all you get from him uh and then after that it goes down to the crew's turn but hold on dm i do have a a, a genuine question if if sure. you would uh you know fancy my thinking um aside from that would it be possible for me to do like some kind of insight uh, and like attempt to learn anything else from this tree? Like, because, you know, you described me as being kind of with having the same effects that it has when it went to its second form. You, so, so I'll, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. You are experiencing an instantaneous omniscience of this world. And so Everything is overwhelming you all at once, and it's extremely hard for you to focus on anything. That voice just beams into your head. If you want to try to focus in on something in particular, in any time point in this world, I will allow you to make an insight check with disadvantage to try sure. to glean some information from this place. Yeah, no. Uh, specifically on like the the, the tree... The trees that are in the center of the cities. That's what, that's what I'm trying to learn more about. Sure. So, okay, give me an insight check with disadvantage. Oh, all right. Got it. So it would be nice to say a 16, but it's actually going to be a... 22, right? Uh, yeah, 600. no, no, no. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, not 600. So hold on. Two, five, uh, 15? 15. It's extremely difficult for you to concentrate well enough to get too much information but mm. you focus your consciousness in this infinite moment onto the moment that the trees first came to be in this world uh you see hands being shook between um a hand you don't recognize um and a, a hand i guess you also wouldn't recognize um but you do see it's uh extends into a shimmering dress um that you can i'll say with alistair having kind of told you guys everything that had happened understand this to be nua in the same room you see another figure who looks a lot like nua um in this very like 
revealing outfit. Uh, he's basically just in like, um, basically like a, a, what's it called? Uh, a speedo. He, he looks like he's a surfer them, guy. We're one of them sumo. How many abs? <laughs> you, you, it's so hard to concentrate. You can't even count the abs. There's too oh, many for you. Like okay. there's, oh, man. it's just there's three, a lot. There's three and then there's 12 and then there's six and then there's zero and then there's a hundred. And then, yeah, it just keeps getting weird <laughs> as you're trying to focus in. And so their words are blurry to you. But you see that after shaking hands with this figure, um, this figure itself is is like much like the tree was acting in that glitchy way. Um, in your vision, it's almost as if this person is not supposed to belong here. This is someone that occupies a space that shouldn't exist in this world. And so you see a black silhouette that is just sparking off with like blocks of like nothingness that don't allow you to perceive it any further. But in that handshake, you do get a glimpse that these three seem to have some sort of agreement beyond that of which you guys are aware of. And that is what I'll give you on the 15. Sure. Uh, as we snap back to reality, oops, Ooh. there goes gravity. Uh, the crew's going to go now. All I was thinking that whole scene was this magic moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both are going to hit. Uh, so it's going to be three. Jesus Christ. Really good. They get 43 piercing damage. Going to get halved. Damn. 22. Um, and then both are going to roll their fire damage. They rolled pretty decent. 16 gets turned to 32. Oh my god. Jesus, why am I rolling so uniformly? That's really weird. Uh, you see that this splinter is really starting to hurt from all these attacks. Um, first mate's finally going to go. First mate's they're drying out the arrow again. Okay, okay. Um, I got it this time. Got it this time. Easy. Uh, launches two attacks. Uh, both are sixes. Both miss uh, as they fly off in the wind. Um, who would have thought? Uh, finally, Valkorg's going to go. Valkorg is going to take uh, the ballista in his hands, aim it up. Um, it's not on fire currently, but is going to try to take a shot. All right. That's going to be a miss on the first one and a miss on the second one. As both of them, you see them uh, about to land, and then the two arrows the first mate shot just bounce off of them. And they both scatter in different directions. Oh, um, you hate Splinter's going to go. Uh, the Splinter is going to definitely try to go for. Uh, Ash again. What? As Ash is a huge problem for it. Uh, you are killing him. Um, <laughs> first attack is going to be... My armor class, by the way, now now that I'm using the double-bladed scimitar instead of my longsword, is now... Uh, okay, it's 15. 25. Yeah, it's, it's... Okay. Second attack uh, is going to go for Alistair instead. Um, oh, to 13. How much is the reach there? Um, 20. Either way. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. Yeah, no, my uh, AC is 18, so... Okay, it misses. Uh, yeah. On that attack on you, Ash, you are going to take nine bludgeoning damage, and you are grappled. Uh, and then it is going to use a lightning discharge, automatically fail, and deal 78 lightning damage to you. Yowch. Yes. Uh, hey. 29 lightning damage. No. Uh, I'm going to cast Absorb Elements and have that uh, to Very 14. Very clutch. Very clutch. Ugh. All right. Uh, that's it for its turn. Uh, Alistair, you're up. You see, it's hurting. Yeah. Um. Okay. In that case. Um. All right. I've had enough of you fucking around with my friends. Then. Uh. I'm going to bonus action hexblade's curse. 
Um, okay. Which, Very cool. Uh, the tree gets spookier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's now little wisps of black cloth and plastic bag hanging from its <laughs> there's branches. Like, there's a, a noose there for a oh second. Oh my god. <laughs> That's scary, right? Yeah. It's pretty good. Big enough for an uh, end. There's a double ended. Yeah, it's two for Valcork. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I just unleash my curse upon this thing. Uh, once per short rest, bonus action, choose your creature 30 feet, curse for one minute. Um, I get plus three damage rolls, scored a critical hit on a 19 to 20, and I gain seven hit points if it dies. Um, gotcha. So then, love as my actual, first. hell yeah, as my actual action, it's like, all right then, as a 15? 15 hits. First last. Oh, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, plus seven. So how much is that? 12 force damage. 12 force damage. All right. My second, it's not a one. <laughs> okay. It's a two. Uh, yeah, total of eleven. Yeah, love. Yeah, zip. that misses. All right. Yeah, just, all right. Okay, that sounded way cooler in my head. Um, <laughs> you blast off one of these uh, roots from it, um, as it flies off into the wind and vanishes into ash. Hey. Um, speaking of oh, ash, you, uh, you you wipe you throw this branch off of you as you're grappled. Uh, still, uh, you can go ahead and use an attack action or a general action to try to break out. So I'm grappled and not You're restrained, grappled, right? not restrained. Cool, so I'm just not gonna bother and just stab into this thing twice. Cool. Uh, uh, 20 to hit on the Hits. first attack. Uh, 25 on the second. With Very a cool, 19. do some damage. Seven points of slashing, six points of fire Seven on the first. Seven points of slashing, okay. Nine points of slashing, four points of fire on Ash, the second. Mm -hmm. kill this fucking tree. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, so Ash has been just, Ash had a wild time <laughs> doing the doing the, the, the summoning lightning, just standing in the crow's nest with his arms out, laughing like a maniac, to lighting two swords on fire, leaping out of the fucking tree, or leaping out of the crow's nest, and just dangling around, taking flaming attacks. Uh, takes the attack, severs it, leaps severs it from the the deck it explodes leaps back on it cuts it again grapple gets grappled and just very calmly goes wrong move and just digs into it twice like once uh, on the side of the trunk once at the top slashes it lengthwise and then uses the second blade to cut down like vertically across the tree and just cut it into four pieces and then kick the Ooh. pieces apart insane um out of curiosity, would that absorb elements do lightning damage? It does deal extra lightning damage, I forgot. O only on the first just attack. Just roll that for me. Yeah, just roll that for me. An additional oh, no. six points of lightning damage. You take six lightning damage. Youch. Uh, from the first attack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to take away from your cinematic moment. As you destroy it in the second attack, you're like mid-attack, but you manage to finish it off. Yeah. Breaking it down into those parts. There's little There's live a sparks cutting at the sides of Ash's eyes. Oh, add so add back to the cinematic. Uh, Always. There's a quiet silence as it breaks apart and begins to Thanos dust itself away. Um, <laughs> there's a moment where you're looking around. Fred hasn't come back yet. Where's Fred? What's going on? Is anyone else hurt? What's happening? Fred, back to you. Mm -hmm. You, in this moment, um, are still locked in this space between time and space. Um, sure. And it's starting to get a little bit easier for you to manage. Give me another insight check. This time, just straight. Okay. Ooh, ooh, let's see. Um, this this seems. Uh, um, it looks like it's getting a little better. Um, but it's really not because I oh. rolled a. Uh, oh wait, hold on. It's just hard to see this die. So that was a nine, and then nine plus 
stuff. Nine plus stuff. nine plus six. So fifteen. Another fifteen. Okay. Uh, on another fifteen, you also still get like muddled voices. You can't hear things, but you flash to a new scene. In this sure. scene, you see that the um, the super like macho hot surfer dude uh, and Nua. Um, are in a heated argument. You see that they shift into these enormous dragons. Things that you... I don't know if you've ever seen a dragon before. Um, no. But you see them shift into their dragon forms. You see one of them erupt in a bright flame as its entire body is coursing with this radiant light. It's hard to even see it, even in this weird space that you're in. Um as it envelops the room in heat and clashes with this blast of cold from this other freezing dragon that is covered in ice and is clear as like glass. Like you can't see into it. You can see through it. It, or it kind of like reflects light off of it. Um, so the way that the radiant light clashes with it erupts in this giant glimmering sparkle of energy that fills the room and blinds you. Um, and you see that after the blindness subsides, the two of them have fully left this little cavern that they were in and mm. are no longer there. And then and finally... Then, mm-hmm. I have to know, DM, because you yeah. described this guy as an absolute surfer Chad. Uh, where is the surfboard? Is it cracked in half? or is He it doesn't kind have of a surfboard. Oh, is he the, just looks like a surfer. Is the dragon oh, form wearing yeah. a Speedo as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's, I had to ask. Dragon form does have a speedo. Right. Nice. Um, nice. Evan would ask that. Of light, <laughs> it is made. It is like a speedo of light itself. A speedo um, of light. Yeah. Oh, a light diaper. Got it. Okay. Like a light diaper, sure. Um, uh, with a little hole for his tail, his ginormous tail. Word plays uh, intended. Right. Absolutely. Tail. Oh come on! I gotta ask: yes. Is this an Eastern style dragon or a Western? Like the, Eastern. For, oh, so the they, big, the big, they look big Eastern sky instead snake. of like. They don't look like blue eyes white dragon. They look like serpent sky snakes. Yeah. Okay, so light diaper sure. is is more like an arm warmer around this thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's more like wrapped around. Great, just building the visual. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Uh, thank you for clarifying that because I would have forgotten to mention it. Um, <laughs> they are Eastern style uh, dragons, and None. so these things are like spiraling and everything in this clash of light, um, and it subsides, and another f- eternity maybe goes by. Give me one more insight check. Um, all right. So this one is going to be a 14. 14. Again. Wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. Let me do this right. Yeah, because 8 plus... Yeah, 14, 14. 14. Even, again, like it's hard to focus on voices, but this this vision doesn't have voices, and it's much blurrier. It, it seems to be uncertain, but you see possible futures that could occur. You see one future where you are in front of yourself. You are looking at yourself. Uh, standing aside Ash and Alistair in a cavern of flowing magma with a bright, brilliant light in front of you um, that is slowly fading away and vanishes, leading into a darkness. Um, Your eyes flash again, and you see the same pose stood by the same three of you in front of um, a a different area. It is, uh, as described... Uh, from Alistair, what you would know as the top floor of the building you guys were just in. Um, and you see with a a very quiet, slow fading, the uh, room around you slowly uh, fades from like a light and um, 
cold type of feeling into a much more uh, tolerable and less dramatic uh, set. And there's a flash of light that explodes. Um, and then finally, you see nothing. But you know that this is something. Like there's something that's supposed to be here that is being blocked. Like there's something preventing you from seeing this alternative future. And that is when you snap back onto the ship. Fred is like dazed, confused. I mean, like totally distraught, like bags under his eyes from like years of living when he hasn't been. And he's looking around like, you know, crawling on his hands and, and, and knees. Uh, with like uh, a a lost expression and like glazed over his eyes, uh, just looking for help, but he can't see in front of him for like the ne- the first couple seconds until finally like things start to come into view. What do I see? Who's around me? The first thing you see is a hand extended down towards you. It better be this fucker! I swear to God. You look up. And yeah. You see the asshole mm. who's been <laughs> nothing but a prick to you who's bloodied from this battle. It seems like he took some shrapnel from, like, blown-up, like, pits and bobs. You see that a few people are, like, throwing water buckets on the flower that was on fire. Um, And you see him extending a hand down to you. Right. And he goes, Sorry, I was a wise guy. You did good. I don't know what the fuck happened to you, though. Oh, yeah, I I don't... Grabs hand. Uh, uh, Stands up. I don't know what... As you grab his hand, you feel a cookie enter your hand. Uh, As he pulls you up. And he kind of yeah. just gives you like a like a he takes his fist and kind of just lightly hits your shoulder like mm-hmm. he, like he doesn't know what affection is so he's just kind of like this is how <laughs> I express this is how I express fondness <laughs> of you uh, he just kind of like taps you on the shoulder and goes yeah all right um I, I gotta get back to uh, yeah uh, and he just walks off uh you guys see Fred reappear standing before you guys again as your crew is back, like, cheering. People are, are getting things, like, taken care of, like, sweeping the ship, making sure everything is cleared. Um, and you guys are alive for another day. Uh, and that is where we will end tonight's episode. Oh, dang. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> what did I do? You what did I do? Things. I'm having oh fun, you asshole. I, sorry. It's gotta. It's sorry, gotta not sorry. at some okay. point. You know, you what? guys Fine. killed the, the thing I put in front of you. You guys killed him. It's gone. Sending much love. I appreciate you. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I good. I can't wait to get those punches in the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. see if they're affectionate or filled with rage. We'll, only time <laughs> will tell. Well, well thank you to all our <laughs> listeners. Uh, Evan, what were you gonna say? No, no, no. We could save it for the after talk. Oh, okay, <laughs> we'll save it for the after talk, which no one will get to hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe eventually we'll do an after Thirty-five dollars a month. Thirty-five dollars no, after talk. God, that's a lot, you overpriced <laughs> jerk. Yeah, for well, the yeah, price so of your rent. To Evan's bits. Yeah, I, yeah that's yeah. too overpriced. Let's, let's let's settle at thirty. Let's settle at thirty. That's easier. Yeah, there you that's go. Your, yeah. Twenty-five to listen to Evan's Twenty-five oh to listen to Evan's in jokes. Thirty to listen to our outros. You mean it's sense? You right? You're talking about sense. I yeah. That's all for this episode of the Forever DM. Well, you just took over. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Cameron, your DM, uh, failing at killing his PCs once again. Oh, the goal of every DM. I'm Evan, uh, doing a lot of a lot of hocus pocus with magic items and spells this episode. And uh, yeah, this is this is uh, Eli signing off with a glazed eyeball. Ooh, single one, just one, a single, just one? A singular glazed eyeball. Yeah, because you know I, I have to embody my character, but I also still have to exist in this. 
Yeah. Fifty percent okay. disassociated. Yeah, 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 you know. And uh, yeah, on top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. I like yeah. that. All right. See uh, you, everyone. Good night, everyone. Bye.